Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Before we get into today's episode, we would love to invite you to be part of our 14-day body confidence challenge, which is happening inside Mary Body Online Studio, and we are so excited. Oh my gosh, bring <laughs> it on. I love this theme so much. Mm-hmm. It's all about just really finding that inner confidence and using especially yoga. Actually, no, yoga, Pilates, and (laughs) meditation to really connect to your inner source of confidence. Mm -hmm. The best thing is that it's all online on demand. So it fits into your schedule to take part in our 14 day challenge. You simply need to be a Merry Body member. So come and sign up over at the merrymakersisters.com forward slash Merrybody. Remember your first seven days are completely free. So try it all out, see how much you love it. And we can't wait to get started. All right. So today's episode it's another interview, and we're really excited about this swell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're always excited. This is an older episode we recorded for the Marybody Online Summit with our good friend Carly Nimmo. She is just filled with so much goodness. Like everything she mm. says is either hilarious or like you just get a giant heart moment. Yeah, I love Carly because what I think she does is she simplifies philosophy. She simplifies ways to live life to kind of, I guess, not end, but uh, minimize suffering. And she's been through so much. So she tells a lot of stories during this episode and it's just a really fun conversation. You're going to listen, you're going to smile, you're going to laugh, and you're going to feel really uplifted after this episode. And really like what you'll get from it is ways to get through or get kind of like to stop listening to those should be's, mm. to stop comparing yourself, to stop thinking you need what they have. Mm-hmm. It's all about connecting to your inner light, your heart, your truth, whatever you want to call it. Mm. So are you ready? Let's get into it. Welcome back to the Merry Body Online Summit. And we are beyond excited to be joined today with the amazing Carly Nimmo. Now, Carly is an amazing podcaster, a podcast producer, a mentor. She does so many things that I was like, what should I introduce you as? And I could have listed off a few hundred more. So we are so (laughs) excited to chat to Carly today. We're going to be focusing on speaking your truth, but I know that we're going to be heading down some tangents. I'm so excited, Carly. <laughs> welcome, welcome. Thank you, my favourite sisters in the whole world. <laughs> oh my gosh, we're so excited to hear that. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where do we even begin? But I think let's begin with what speaking your truth means to you, like in your words. Yeah, okay. So speaking your truth is really about, well, I guess it's about honouring your uh, intuition in a voice whatever it is uh that we often just shut down so you know we'll often do something and we'll hear that little voice in our head um not the mean bitch one but the other one that's kind of like <laughs> you know got something to say but then we can continually shutting that part of us down mm-hmm. so i feel like speaking a truth is getting 
your head out of the way so that you, that you can tell what is actually going on for you. You know, so it's about, um, it's, it's about boundaries. It's about, uh, you know, I don't know, like, yeah, honouring your intuition. It's about so many things, but mm-hmm. it's really about removing your head from the conversation. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It's like the the should be's, the conditioning, the what we think we should be doing mm-hmm. instead of what we actually feel like we should be doing. Why is this such an issue? Because, I mean, how many people have I met? Actually, how many women especially have I met that can relate to this so so well where they just feel like they have not lived as they they have not lived as themselves almost and they feel like they have been like suppressing suppressing their inner truth and what their heart desires like why is this such a thing do you think Carly I think it's a societal issue I think that it's something that we're taught, particularly as little girls. Mm. Um, I, I hope things are changing now because uh, I encourage my five-year-old to always speak her truth. Um, and I think I think that's kind of shifting now. But, you know, a lot of us were raised to um, be seen and not heard and mm. to be very polite. You know, yes. don't say that. You could upset someone's feelings, you know, all that kind of jazz. And it is, as a parent, it's a really fine line because... I, I definitely don't want my daughter to be exclusive. I want her to be as inclusive as possible. And that involves saying when things are not okay for mm-hmm. her, mm-hmm. but without being nasty, you know, and yeah. being inclusive. So I feel like it's um I feel like it's something that we're collectively in the thick of shifting. And yeah. I don't know if I have any real answers to um, you know, I don't know, not necessarily I feel like we're in the shift, we're in the midst of shifting it. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. So at the moment it's that ugly phase mm-hmm. where we're still trying to give it a voice. Um, but I do feel like it comes down to the conditioning that we receive at, particularly as little girls. Yeah. Um, from our parents, from society in general and from school, you know, having to raise our hand and ask a question and, you know, I don't know, like be humiliated when we get the wrong answer. All those things stop us from uh, speaking up. So... It's so um, true. Oh my gosh. Yeah. I remember that. Like I was always too scared to put my hand up just in case it, you would be wrong. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and I, I mean, I just read. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to feel shame. You don't want to feel embarrassed because like, what if you get it wrong? It's like, oh my God, who cares? Yeah. But um, <laughs> the book that I just finished reading, uh, Gloria Steinem's The Truth Will Set You Free, But First Will Piss You Off. She said like one of the things was like, what's the best advice for like to give your daughter, like someone asked her that and she said the best advice is to just listen because then she'll know that she has something to say. Yeah. And I'm just like, oh, my gosh, like gave me chills because this is why it happens. We grow up and we think we don't have something to say or we think that we shouldn't have an opinion about something. Absolutely. And in my line of work, I see that every day. I see people who, uh, you know, who one of the biggest concerns people have when they go into podcasting is like what if I run out of things to say what if I what if I don't have anything to say in it and also the worthiness of their own story and the worthiness of what they have to say Mm -hmm. you know people are yeah it's definitely something that plagues most people but I the one of the most common questions I get asked is you know how do you find your voice and it's like, well, the only way you can find it is by exercising the, the muscles in your throat, right? Like yeah. by actually speaking. That's the only way we can find our voices by using it. 
Oh, my God. I love, I mean, how cool that what you do, yes, you uh, allow people to create this, this amazing thing, their podcast, but what you actually are doing is you're showing them or giving them space and advice and mentoring them and permission and permission which sometimes they feel like express themselves like whoa like that's a big thing right you're unblocking (laughs) so many throat chakras (laughs) yeah yeah, totally and that's the funny thing right so one thing that i see happen after people launch so they go through all of their the the mind fucking stuff beforehand where they're you know they're they're fearful they don't know what they're going to talk about all of this stuff comes up and then it's like they record their first episode, particularly those people who are doing it in the way that Carlosophies is, which is really a platform for your own truth, right? Like yeah. sharing your own yeah. story, sharing your own, um, you know, yeah, your own truth. For those kind of people, it's such a big deal to go live and, um, and, f- and they feel such relief when they've finally gone live. But then within two weeks, they lose their voice, like ah. physically and it happens all the time wow. for people I think have been, you know, it's, yeah, like it's such a big thing to start using it. And then when you do, it's almost like the universe tests you. Are you sure you're ready to speak your truth? You know? Mm. So yes, yeah, so, there's so many, I would say at least 80% of the people that I work with after they go live within the first month or so lose their voice. Whoa. That is so interesting. That's like amazing. Yeah. Fascinating. fascinating. But then it is that whole test of like, no, keep on going, keep tuning back into that intuition. So I think intuition is an interesting thing. And I know that we've had a big journey with like Mm. asking about intuition and wondering like, how do you tune into it? So, and I think from now asking like a lot of people about this, it's a very individual thing. So Carly, what do you do to kind of tune in and create that space to actually listen? Yeah. So I guess mine Mine comes from, like, I don't necessarily, like most people, sit in still meditation Mm. or anything like that. Um, What I've managed to do over probably a decade is find ways that actually work for me to be able to quieten, not necessarily even quieten the mind, because I feel like my, I'm really into human design. I don't know if you Mm. ladies are into it, but like I've got a completely open head in human design terms. And what that generally means is there's a lot of thought going up there without Mm -hmm. any way to get it out into the world. So often I find myself kind of lost in thought. And I think that sometimes people in the mindfulness space can see that as a negative thing, but I don't Mm -hmm. necessarily believe that to be true. Mm. I feel like, um, you know, it's just going up. It's just going on up there. And what really matters is the amount of weight that I give that. Mm. Um, but, but I've also noticed that my intuition doesn't necessarily come from in here. Um, it comes from, it's, it's way more subtle than that. And also one of the ways that I guess I've cultivated a relationship with, with my own intuition has been through not listening to it. Yeah. And then, because <laughs> the only, the only time we really know if our intuition is on is when we don't listen to it right so like, true. and the shit hits the fan <laughs> yeah. and I knew that was going to happen why didn't I listen to my intuition yes yeah so I feel like those are the those are the moments where we can really tune in and go what what did that feel like like what yeah. did that what did it feel like to have that hit and you know I know what it felt like to not listen to it but what did it feel like when it hit 
Mm-hmm. And, um, and so now, and, and then just like, again, same with using your voice, you just practice it consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, but also there are things that I do. I practice mindfulness all of the time, just in general life. So being present while I'm brushing the teeth, you know, mm-hmm. I used to actually set an alarm on my phone, which would go off every hour. And when it did, you know, no one has to know what it's about, but I would just check in, like, how am I feeling? How, where's my, you know, where's my body at? What can I smell? What can I see? Like using, yeah. connecting to all the senses and bringing myself into present moment. Um, and yeah. And so just like constantly practicing being where I am mm-hmm. is really the way that I create space because sometimes there's no escaping what's going on up here, even in silent meditation. Yeah. Yeah. And it's not really my style to sit still. Like I actually find more peace when I'm moving my body. So, So, yeah. Yeah. So also finding ways to, you know, do that and be present in whatever I'm doing it, whether, whether it is, you know, a run or, you know, physically moving, um, even just being in my awkwardness too. Mm and not trying to escape the awkward feels, you know, like um, if I'm out somewhere and people are dancing and I'm feeling like, oh, I'd really like to dance, but I feel really awkward about that. People are going to be looking at me. Like I'm just in that awkwardness and I'm dancing awkwardly and I'm in it. (laughs) I love that. I love that. (laughs) Yes. Because like, it's, why does it matter if we feel that? Like, it's just a feeling. Yeah, exactly. That's so true. And you do it anyway. And I love that. Well, I guess it's like we run, sometimes us humans tend to run away from the discomfort and awkward can feel really uncomfortable. Mm. But really it's like, yeah, we're labeling it. This is a bad feeling, but actually, no, it's just Mm. a feeling. So let's like do it. Let's dance awkwardly. And then, oh my gosh, now we're having fun. Now now this is a fun feeling. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Or we're not. Or we're not. And we're like, oh, maybe I I was like shooting myself into this wanting to dance. Interesting. Maybe just like sit there and be bored and like sit down and just watch everyone dance. That's okay too, right? Sometimes so, um, I love just doing that, like sitting and watching people. It's so fun. Me too. I love it too. But it's like it's like one of those things that we can overthink too, where we're like, oh, everyone's going to be looking at me. Like, why is she sitting there by herself? Yeah. You know? <laughs> so, and that that comes down to like listening to that voice too, right? Like actually being okay well I'm feeling really awkward dancing maybe I could just sit down with a bit and and be okay with the discomfort of people thinking that I'm a loser sitting here by myself you know I I literally think we hold ourselves back from so much joy for all these very reasons like we don't say yes to the invitation because we don't know the people we're scared so we we miss out on all this magic we miss out on meeting new people experiencing the the absolute joy of walking into a room and being like, oh, crap, like I don't know anyone, but like this is quite exhilarating really. And what else would we be doing? Sitting at home, like on the couch, doing what we always do. And it's it's a big deal and I think everyone who puts themselves in this situation should be really proud of themselves because sometimes it can seem so like small and minute, but I feel like it actually brings so much epicness to life and can open so many doors and even just for yourself like just knowing oh yeah I did that I did a thing I was scared of and it's like a muscle that we are strengthening so yeah 100% and yeah like it nothing gets easier if you don't give it a go you know Mm. so like I I don't know I yeah I do feel like we're we're a society that really avoids those negative types of feels Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, but there's so much magic in them 
And yeah, you yeah. learn so much. You totally do. That's yeah, like where I mean, you learn the most, like in the most uncomfy, yeah. the most like hard, hard moments. We're always running away from the hard. It's like, why, why is life supposed, is life supposed to be easy? Like not necessarily. Like why do we run away from the hard moments? Cause it's in those moments yeah. that we grow. Yeah. And it can be, it can be good and shit at the same time too, you know, yeah. that's something that I've realized over the last few years is, um, you know, I've had moments where things have been amazing, but also a bit shit, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah. So it's like, so I think like, I, I don't know, I, I hope we're past that whole, um, you know, life just being happy because I don't know that that really serves anyone. Mm-hmm. Uh, it can be happy and shit and that's cool. Like it's mag- there's magic in all the fields, not just the good ones. Yeah. It's so true. And really life is guaranteed to be shit at multiple times. Like we, there's no escaping the shit. Otherwise it's just like this. And then we never get that or we never get that. Yeah, exactly. So we've talked a lot about um, like what people think of us when, you know, or we decide to sit down at the party and or what will they think of us? Like, oh, that's a bit scary. I wonder what they're thinking. They're looking at me weird. Oh, what are they thinking? (laughs) They're probably thinking this. Ah, I should leave now. So how do we get over that or... Do we not get over that? <laughs> I, I think I think what we do is we end up creating a bit of a relationship with it, mm. so that it doesn't become the thing that stops us, right? Like, so so often it's that voice in our head that stops us from doing things that we really would like to do due to fear. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, yeah. So I feel like it's. It, you know, there's that, it's kind of a bit cliche now, but that whole Liz Gilbert thing of like, yeah, fear, you can jump in the car, but you're not driving. Yeah. Um, and so we can have, I did a lot of work uh, a couple of years ago. I went back to singing lessons and, and I was very much in my head when it came to performance of any kind. I felt like it was inauthentic and it wasn't like in the moment and real. Um, and I And I had a lot of fear around, you know, I'd had a, a few things happen where people had said that I wasn't a very good singer. And mm. so I'd taken it on, even though I loved to sing, I just never did it. And so I went back to singing lessons a couple of years ago and the singing teacher did this voice dialogue work, which is fascinating. And if you haven't looked into it ever before, it's, um, it's pretty powerful stuff. But essentially it, the idea behind it is that Within us, we have all these different selves, right? Mm-hmm. Different parts of us. And we have language around this today, the inner critic, right? Like it's kind of common language now that we have an inner critic. Um, or, uh, or we, you know, we've got an inner people pleaser. We've got all yeah. these different aspects to ourselves, but they're not really who we are. They're just mm. bits of us that have been created to serve us at one point and then they kind of stick with us. And they're almost like uh, it's fascinating doing the work in voice dialogue because you get to meet these different aspects of you and uh, it's almost like they're separate. And, um, yeah, and so, and so doing that kind of work really helped me to separate myself from these different voices that I have. And, like, it kind of sounds a bit like, I mean, if this was 100 years ago, I'd be in an institution. <laughs> <laughs> Lucky it's not 100 years ago. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. Um, but, you know. I think we'd all, all be. I'm pretty sure we all, we'd all be, yeah. Like, <laughs> totally. we're having a lot of fun in that institution. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we would be. We'd be partying on down, that's for sure. 
so, so, you know, we have all these different parts and when we can re- recognize those voices, not necessarily as our truth, but mm. as just parts of us, yeah. then we can create more space between them. Yeah. And when we can create more space between them, then we can show up more fully as who we really are, yeah. which I don't even know if we ever really know who we really are. I think it's like a constant evolution of just, you know, yeah. you as a human. Um, but I do feel there are, there, there's conditioning that we take on that doesn't necessarily serve us anymore. Uh, and the inner critic, if we've got a really strong inner critic or a perfectionist, then it's really going to be getting in the way of us having, you know, what we want in life, whether that is deep connection or expressing ourselves fully or whatever, or even just like being able to go to a party and not overthink about what Mm. somebody said to you, you know, that inner analyzer that's like, did she just mean, I don't necessarily have that voice, but you know, when you have a conversation and say, say you and a friend are having a conversation with someone else and then that other person goes and your friend says to you, did you hear the way she said that to me? Oh, yeah. And you're like, no. Yeah. <laughs> huh? It's I can even do that in messages, right? Like why didn't they use an exclamation point? Yeah. Like, like where's the emojis? emojis? Sometimes I think about that, like the amount of times that we overanalyze stuff and overthink stuff when it's not even true, it's not even real, like yeah. to think what we're missing out on and taking time away from. And yeah. I feel like, I mean, this is why mindfulness practice mm-hmm. is so important because then we can have that, I guess, you know, we can stop, slow down and realise, hey, this reaction that I'm feeling right now, is it true? Probably not. I don't need to give that energy. I don't need to spend the next mm. hour at this party while pretending to be enjoying it then over analyzing what my friend Lucy said in mm. like oh maybe she just had a bad day or maybe mm. like yeah, maybe, totally. she, maybe she just had a fight with her husband yeah and I guess yeah. as that's what Carly was saying in the beginning like not giving weight to that yeah thought. I like that. I really like when you that. said that because I feel like that's a really um it's a great way of visualizing the thoughts as well yeah. oh that thought if I focus on it I'm adding weight to yeah. it which weight yeah, like heaviness and like it's amplifying yeah. the thought yeah and yeah. it's like choosing the thought that we want to mm. amplify and maybe yeah. yeah maybe there's better thoughts to <laughs> amplify than others it's so <laughs> fascinating everything that you're talking about Kali it's like in one of the ancient texts in yoga the Bhagavad Gita it's like a story of this and it's like an, a warrior's going into the war zone and then he's got these two like voices and one's telling him he, he can't do this the other one's telling him like go with your heart like it's always the heart you know and it's constant backwards forwards and it's just like that is such a representation of the human yeah absolutely and you know I guess one speaking of like mindfulness and um one of the most powerful things that I've ever done is uh like observation work right like when we're in meditation a lot of the thing is around like just recognizing the thoughts floating Mm -hmm. by and not really attaching to them um but we can do this at all times yeah you know we can always be observing our thoughts because I I can't remember there's this great book I think it's called I think this is the book actually I can't really remember but creating by Robert Fritz um there's this fascinating piece in there and it's nothing new I think it's like uh you know it's like I don't know, a spiritual law or something, but that idea of you are the, you know, you are not, you are not your thoughts. Yeah. You are 
while the thinker of your thoughts. Yeah. And just having that space between you and your thoughts and becoming an observer is a, a pretty powerful thing that mm-hmm. we can do any time of day or night. And that gives us the space from attaching weight to thoughts because we r- recognise that this is not us, this is just the thought that we're having. And for me, one of the most powerful exercises I've ever done and that I have done on a lot of my retreats and stuff over the years is um, being the observer during the creation of something. Because what I find is um, same with speaking a truth, same with creating a podcast, same with creating anything in life, whether it's a vision board or pottery or a meal, um, there's often, there's, you know, there's often stories that are going on during the creative process. And one creative process is really all creative processes. So once we have awareness of how we show up and create one thing, we have awareness of how we show up and create all things. Mm. Um, And and that has been super powerful for me when I get to that natural part of a creative process, which is self-doubt, right? And then I can recognise, okay, this is just a natural part of a process because I've been the observer so many times throughout this. I know that once I'm past this, everything will start flowing and I'll be able yeah. to finish. Whatever I'm but so many people get to that self-doubt point and back away. Yeah. And that comes, that comes down to whether we're creating something, whether we're, anytime we're extending ourselves outside of our comfort zone, we're going to hit up against that self-doubt moment. And in that moment, we have a choice to either move forward or retreat. Mm-hmm. And for me, it's always move forward, you know, whether that is a social situation that I feel a bit awkward about, the self-doubt kicks in, oh, will I go? Oh, I don't know. Move forward, you yes. know. Um, I love that. Yeah, love rather that. than go back and, and retreat. Oh, my gosh, so powerful. Anyway. Exactly. Oh, I love that so much and something everyone can really take on board. It's very actionable. So I really, really love that. Yeah, it's like checking in next time you feel that sense of like, ooh, like I don't want to do that. That feels too scary. Mm. It's like, no, like take that one little step. Mm. And that's like we're all about the first little step. Yeah, and how good to know, oh, this is normal. Like it's normal to feel this way. Like when I'm doing something different, of course I'm going to think, oh, what if X, Y, Z happens? And like everyone feels that. It just might be that they've practiced stepping forward Mm. so they've become friends with that feeling and it's it's not as like, roadblock it's it's just like like I still get that feeling I get Mm. the feeling and then I go but now but now it's more like of course I'm going to say yes and I know this is going to be great for me because I'm going to put myself (laughs) in this awkward situation where I'm going to feel really uncomfortable and I'm probably going to say some dumb stuff or feel nervous but that's great I'm excited (laughs) bring it on And then I'm like, and then I message my message my mom, and I'm like, mom, I did this. (laughs) I hung out with different people, and like, I didn't know anyone. I only knew one person, and there was like ten new people, and I was really proud of myself. (laughs) Yeah, and you know, like even when we put ourselves into those situations, because there's been plenty of times where I've followed what I thought was my intuition, and something shit has happened. You know, like. You ladies know about the Office Collective, which was my co-working space yeah. environment, and it felt so divinely inspired. Now I can see the red flags looking back, but at the moment we're kind of in flow and we're like doing the things and moving through fear for sure. And it's very easy for something to go wrong and then be like, well, I won't do that again, mm-hmm. you know, and allow that um, that shit situation. And this happens like on big levels, yeah. like with the Office yeah. Collective, but also in like 
small social situations yeah, where we go out in public or we have a conversation with someone and we take the step forward and then something shit happens. Yeah. Um, but there's always something good in the shit too, right? Like mm-hmm. there's always something like, oh, well, you know, I didn't listen to my intuition on that one. I probably should have not just pushed through, but, you know, like, um, yeah, there's, there's always, or, or now I have another tool in my tool belt to bring out when something like this happens again. Yeah. Um, particularly boundaries with people and stuff. Like we, we can't, we can't know, um, yeah, we, we often can't, we can't anticipate everything. Mm-hmm. We can't pre-plan everything. We have to be willing to take a step into the unknown mm. in order for that that area to light up. You know, it's darkness yeah. until we're in there and then our yeah. eyes adjust and oh yeah, that's cool. It's it's light in here now. But if we just stand there looking at the darkness, afraid of it, we're never actually going to see what's in there so that then we can know next time oh, right, there was a table right in front of me that I couldn't see when it was dark, but now that it's light, I can see it. So I'll know next time to sidestep, you know? Yes. Exactly. It's so great. It's so epic. And I think it's like this idea that we have a sense of control, like we really don't have a sense of control. And the only thing we can control is to just say no, to keep saying no to opportunities and no to doors opening. And To me, I just feel like, you know, why are we, like, let's ask the big question, like, why are we even here if we're not experiencing anything? Because what is the purpose of this life? It's to have a human experience. Like, whatever you believe, we're this soul in this body, but we're here to be human. And so that means we're here to feel all those feelings, feel the stuff, Mm -hmm. the good and the bad, good and bad. And like go along the this ride of this humanness and bask in our humanness and celebrate it. Totally. So I think also something that I think has really shone for you, Carly, I don't know how many, has it been maybe a year, but I think what I've seen is like this 100% acceptance of who you are, not just your voice, but what you look like and what you do and like where you live. And it's just like this, like 100% acceptance. This is who I am. I'm going to show up. I'm going to just going to do my best. And I think a really amazing example of this is you growing out your hair. Yeah. Like as yeah. like as maybe materialistic as that sounds. Like this is no, this is, is like ginormica acceptance. <laughs> I feel and it's such a great representation of acceptance for women especially. Oh, it's I mean, amazing. And a celebration. I mean, what what was that other quote that you read? Oh, yeah, it. it was so good. This book like changing my life. It was like one day the gray-haired women will t- silently take over the world. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I love it. <laughs> <laughs> I just sound like an oh, evil love. Exactly. So <laughs> can you can you speak on this? I know like we're yeah. we're almost out of time, but I like I just I wanted to mention this because I also mm. wanted to like like send you all the amazing vibes and like just celebrate that. Like, yeah, just be like, wow, you are amazing because it, it is a huge step, especially in this world where we're on social media and we're sharing yeah. photos and we can think so much about what we look like but you've just been the pure example of acceptance yeah so I mean I've been going gray since I was um probably 15 years old Wow! and so I dyed my hair for 25 years um and then but I from when I was probably probably from when I was about 30 
I really wanted to grow it out, but the general feedback was, oh, God, why would you do that? You'll, you'll look old. And oh. then I decided, I know, and so then I decided to go bright red. Remember I had like yeah. the super bright fire engine red yeah. hair? And that was a bit of fun. That was like my last hurrah before going grey. And I had decided after my 40th birthday I'd just grow it out. And part of the reason for that was um, because I felt, and it's interesting, as it grew out, I felt I became more and more me. Wow. And I just want to preface this by saying there is nothing wrong with dyeing your hair. There is nothing wrong with if you love having coloured hair, you know, it's a great way to express yourself. I did the red thing. It was really fun. Um, but if you long for just like, I just wanted to be me. And I also wanted to break down this stigma about growing old. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with it. I am like, you know, if I can, if I, if I go back to who I was when I was 20 and hot and, you know, all that kind of visually appealing, um, I was also a clusterfuck of a human in my forties. <laughs> like I'm, uh, you know, I'm, I'm a bit more wise to the world and, and still hot. I really, and, and still hot. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and not, and not, and not in a box of what I should be. Yeah. Yes. That was the main thing for me throughout my life. I've always been a bit of a rebel. Nobody tells me what to do kind of thing. And so, but I still was like listening to those voices that were like, Oh, what if you look old? So what if you fucking look old? You are old. Like I'm not old, but you know what I mean? Like 42 yeah. is the new. The yeah, but the, and the alternative isn't like isn't the best like growing yeah. growing old is a privilege like, right, it totally is and I feel like we're in we live in this society now which is so filled with Botox and fillers and you know all of the things I, I have no problem with that stuff but I also want my daughter to be able to go you know like yeah old rocks mm. um and so for me it was just really I'm just really uh, dedicated to allowing aging to happen to yes. me um, because it is a privilege. It is a privilege, and we need more grey-haired women speaking their truth in this world. Hell yeah! Oh my God, seriously, I love this. I love this so much. Yeah, and I just think how beautiful that this action allowed you to feel more you, which in turn allowed you to speak more of your truth and actually figure out what that truth like is and listen to it. And then in turn that inspires anyone who crosses your path to to give themselves the chance to live more of their truths. I think like that's it's the- so funny because it's like hair just seems like such a superficial thing. But it's, you know, and, and I feel I feel like, you know, in Carlosophies I've been speaking my truth for now over 250 episodes and nearly like five years of Amazing. weekly sharing my truth. But the thing that impacts the people the most is the hair. Like They're like, oh, my God, you gave me permission to, like, consider going grey. I you love know? it. Yeah, what <laughs> seems like such a simple thing is actually just impacting so many people. And, yeah, I, I just wanted to bring that up, that this, like, external action that you took changed, like, the inside. So I just think it's so powerful what you've done for yourself but then everyone listening and watching your journy. Like, for me, I was like, holy, like, She's amazing. Like I was so inspired. And it looks so pretty. Yeah, it looks like, beautiful. I love it. I love it. Yeah, our mum, our mum, like did it. Like she's yeah. dye her blonde, and she just let it grow out. And it's so like I think it's glamorous. Like I'm like this That's looks so it's beautiful. Like, it's like silver, you know. It's like yeah. Glitter in the hair. <laughs> I love. I so love. Amazing. This has been like my favorite chat. Um, I just love this subject, and I think. 
you're amazing. And I am so excited to see what comes next from you because it just keeps evolving and you just keep doing more and I love everything. So we have a few last questions. The, yeah. the third last question is if there was a mantra that you've lived by or are living by, what would it be? This too shall pass. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and, I mean, that that's really because, you know, I've, I have a five-year-old daughter and it has been, parenthood has been a wild ride. But also in a business sense, you know, I've experienced huge failure and I've experienced pretty good success. And so I know that this too shall pass. Self-doubt will pass. You know, like we're, we're all, I, I just feel like... Um, we are cyclical beings mm. and sometimes we forget that we're constantly moving through cycles. Yeah. Um, so this special past is the thing that I come back to when things are good, just to remind me that to be present to what is good and be in mm. this feeling of success. And also when I'm in those tough moments of failure and self-doubt, just to remind myself that this is just temporary and it will pass. Yeah. I love that. I love that so yeah. much. We use that one all the time yeah. too. If there was a book that has changed your life or that you would recommend to everyone that you chat to, what would it be? Oh my God, this is going to be so, sounds so weird, but Pussy, a reclamation. Have you guys read no, that? No, I haven't read it, but I've heard, I've heard of it. So, um, oh, that and Creating by Robert Fritz was the other one. Yeah. Um, that brilliant book about creativity it's like one of those books that's like 300 or 400 books in one every wow. page is like um and pussy reclamation is by oh my god i can't remember her name regina yeah uh, i've heard of that book we'll get the link it's, for everyone um, it's a really powerful reminder of um being connected to pleasure and it not being about yes things. yes so for me that, that was a really when i was moving particularly when i was moving out of this like um, my codependency almost would struggle and into a place where I was becoming more of an artist than necessarily an entrepreneur. Uh, it was just like a totally liberating book. So mm. uh, definitely worth a listen. And then creating oh. is just like, it's like. <laughs> just oh my gosh, I'm so excited. Two new books that have been now <laughs> added to the reading list. So many times I'm like, oh yeah, I love that one. But these two I've never read. So bring it on. And the last question, Carly, before we get going is where should everyone find more information about everything that you're doing right now? Okay. So my website is carlynimo.com. Everything kind of lives there. Um, Carlosophies. I, I have a lot of fun on Instagram. I'm not that active in the grid, but I love stories. Like I'm totally obsessed. I do some funny shit in there. Um, and my podcast. So if you're a podcast listener, Carlosophies, I'm doing some really interesting stuff there at the moment, reflecting on all the things that I've learned over the past decade of Carlosophies. It used to be a blog cool. back in 2009. So, and a podcast for five years. So I'm going back through the archives and doing kind of like mini documentary style stuff so anyway it's worth a listen and if you're interested in podcasting rock your mic right is my podcast about podcasting it's a slightly different perspective to the you know podcast in a box type stuff that's Mm -hmm. out there it's um you know I feel like our voices having a voice is such a great privilege and we really should be not should but we really you know we get to use it Mm -hmm. um unless we allow fear and doubt to get in the way but it's also a great tool for elevating the voices of people who don't necessarily have the platform that you do and I'm really passionate about that stuff too Mm -hmm. so um Rocky Mike Wright is like 
bit of a, a twist on podcasting, but mm-hmm. um, yeah, I dive into listener behavior and you know, I don't know how people are using the medium. Um, awesome. But into speaking a truth and all that kind of shit. So, it's so a love it. Epic. So we'll pop all of those links so they're easy to find. Definitely follow Carly. Definitely go and check everything out. We are so grateful to share this space with you today, Carly. Thank you for being so open and just sharing all your amazing stories and knowledge and wisdom. We are so grateful. Yeah, we love you. My pleasure. I love you both. <laughs> See you soon. <laughs> Oh,